the Equal Rights Amendment. Well, that is an abomination that exists to satisfy unsatisfied women who have nothing better to do than sit around and squawk about their inability to succeed and who haven't shaved their armpits since Thanksgiving dinner. Britannica, the Equal Rights Amendment is a proposed but unratified amendment to the U.S. Constitution that was designed mainly to invalidate many state and federal laws that discriminate against women. Okay, my ass, all right? Plus, will John Bolton squawk on Trump? Uh, we have the transcripts. We've got the transcripts. Read them. Read the transcripts and then move on with your life. All of this impeachment stuff is going to be over soon. It's going to be over because it's not going to happen. Plus, John Miller, this guy, this guy is getting a puppy. So if you're a cat person, unsubscribe. You have no business on this page. But if you're not, we're going to go through some options and hopefully you can help me come to a decision on which one to get. I'm John Miller. White House Brief begins now. All right, since I just told the cat people to unsubscribe, if you're watching this on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button to make up for all of the cat losers who just walked off in a huff. Yeah, you know what? You go, you go change your PJs and pour yourself another glass of wine and go watch my 600-pound life, all right? I'm going to tell you about credit repair in the meantime. A low credit score could keep you from getting the things you want, like a credit card, like a car, a new job, even a house. That's not all. A low credit score means you're going to pay higher interest rates than people with better scores. You don't have to keep getting denied for credit, though. You can kickstart the comeback on your credit today. Just call the specialists at creditrepair.com. They can help you work to repair your credit and improve your score by removing inaccurate negative items like late payments, charge-offs, even collections and bankruptcies. Here's the number for your free credit evaluation, 800-501-3199. And then when you call, you'll get a free credit report and score. And you'll find out what creditrepair.com can do to help improve it. Creditrepair.com. It helps you work toward a better score so you can have a better life. The evaluation, credit report, and score are free. So call 800-501-3199. That's 800-501-3199. Note, it's not available in all states, not practicing in Georgia, Mississippi, Ohio, and South Carolina. All right, Virginia, y'all really need to step it up. I mean, this is getting real bad. I mean, first you tried to mess with our guns. Now you have passed this Equal Rights Amendment, which protects women's rights. Women? Uh, can I ask you, what rights don't you already have? Th that, I mean, that's what I find so ridiculous about all of this. We've debunked the equal pay gap. We're not living in Saudi Arabia, so it's not like they've got you remained chained to the stove with a sheet over your face. You're not going to be beheaded if you drive to the mall. So, you know, we want our rights. We want our rights. You know what? You know what right you want? You want the right to get an abortion. That's what this is about. Well, guess what? I don't have the right to get an abortion either, right? So we're equal, okay? The Equal Rights Amendment. All it is is an attempt to change the United States Constitution, and in the process, it is actually hurting the kind of equality that men and women already enjoy in this country. It's a proposed amendment to the Constitution that has been going on since the 20s. 
Because you got in the 60s, after the rise of the feminist movement, this started to gain traction. And then in 1972, it went to Congress and it got a two-thirds vote in both the House and the Senate. That's what you need for an amendment. So then it got passed to the states. Because remember, that's how the Constitution works. And we even got a woman to explain it. If it passes Congress, the National Archives sends copies to each state. If three-fourths of states send back ratifications, the Archivist of the United States certifies proper ratification, and the Constitution is amended. Oh boy, I just love learning. So it needed 38 states to get passed, but there was a deadline, 1982. That was the deadline that ended up being the deadline that it had to be passed by. And by that deadline, only 35 states ratified it. So that means they did not have the three quarters of the states on board. So the Equal Rights Amendment died. Womp womp. But then, through some feminist casuistry, they somehow managed to pick it back up. And Tom Jipping at the Heritage Foundation explains, quote, some made the argument that states could still ratify the 1972 ERA. And if they had three more states, that would get them to 38. That was the three quarters. And bingo, it would happen. So in 2017, Nevada passed it. Then Illinois passed it in 2018. And so Virginia, well, they tried to be the 38th state to pass it. And they thought they were going to be it. A bunch of women, most of whom are from northern Virginia, you know, places like Fairfax and Prince William counties, all of which are like 30 minutes from Washington, D.C. tops, got together to celebrate the fact that Virginia just passed the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment. Eileen Fillercorn. Wow, uh, that's an unfortunate name for a feminist. Charlene Herring, Vivian Watts, Jan Ward, Dolores McQuinn, Kay Corey, Jennifer Carroll, F Jennifer Carroll Foy. Gotta, you know, you got to have the ones, right? The feminists with the hyphenated last names because they're strong women. And Hila Ayala. They write, quote, as legislators and women, we know that the Equal Rights Amendment is essential. Yeah, because women can't do all of the things that men can do, right? Women can't drive in America. I mean, women can't use water fountains. Women can't work. Women can't vote. Women can't ride the bus. Women can't ride the train. Women can't make money in America. They can't serve in Congress. They can't access gyms. They can't own a home. And this would be the law to fix all of that, right? The only way that we can guarantee gender equality is for it to be enshrined in the United States Constitution. That's what today means to me. Oh, is it? Yes, because remember, as Eric Swalwell is quick to remind us, the word woman is nowhere to be found in the Constitution. Problem is, the Constitution already guarantees quality for all Americans. A statement from the Independent Women's Forum, their law center says, quote, men and women share all of the same basic constitutional rights, including the right to free expression, the right to worship freely, the right to bear arms and the right to due process. Sex discrimination is prohibited by the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment, as well as by federal statutes and by statutes in all 50 states. In reality, in reality, it's a way to make feminists feel good because they already have all of their rights and they are bored. They're bored. They're bored now. 
They have nothing to protest. They don't know what to do. So now they want legislation that would be uh, symbolic. It would really recognize over a hundred years of work uh, by women lawmakers, women judges, women lawyers, women activists, and turn them into constitution makers and founding mothers uh, and really solidify this nation's commitment uh, to sex equality as a foundational principle. Mm. But in reality, it would go much further by requiring that the government treat men and women as the same. Men and women are not the same. There are serious biological differences between men and women, despite what they try to tell us these days on TV and in movies. Men are stronger than women. Men think differently than women. And of course, men have a completely different anatomy. Sorry, this is just biology. This is, I'm sorry, this is, not your, uh, this is not your college intersectionality studies class. Inez Stepman of IWF, who, full disclosure, is a friend and whom we've had on the show before, explains this could actually put women in harm's way, and we would never want to do that. The ERA could force the integration of men into women's shelters, into women's sports teams at public universities, or even into bathrooms and locker rooms in public schools. It could force women to be drafted into combat alongside men and eviscerate programs aimed at helping mothers with young children, such as WIC, that's the Special Supplemental Nutrition Program for Women, infants and children, and aimed at providing benefits to non-working partners in marriage, such as spousal social security. And then on top of it, it's simply con unconstitutional. It's not constitutional. The time to pass it passed before I was even born, in the 80s. It's cooked, all right? Stick a fork in it. And shame on Virginia, where it's, that's where it began. Their legislators, they took an oath to defend the Constitution, and that includes Article 5, which delineates the process by which the Constitution of the United States can be amended. They're not. They are derelict in their duties, which in turn gives the courts more power, furthering judicial supremacy. So shame on you, Virginia leadership, not the Virginia residents, not the good people of Virginia. Shame on the people who sit in the state capitol in Richmond, which was designed by Thomas Jefferson himself. Shame on you people. And I'm not the people who will travel. I'm not talking about the ones who will travel through hell and high water to show up to the Capitol to defend their rights and say, don't tread on me. I'm talking about the people governing against the will of the people. Virginia, you were the birthplace of America's very first democratically elected legislative body in the new world, and you have continued to embarrass it every step of the way. John Bolton, he's now one of the objects of the GOP establishment's ire because He's going to testify, they think, or at least they hope. He's going to spill the beans on Trump. John Bolton, the uh, warmongering walrus who's never seen a war he doesn't like, we've been asking, why was Bolton hired in the first place? The president says he wasn't exactly a hot commodity. So my question is, why did Trump hire him in the first place? But now they're worried that he's going to spill the beans on the quid pro quo issue. So here with me now to discuss is Luke Mahoney. Luke is a Republican strategist. Luke, it's great to be here with you. Hey, John, great to be here with you. How you doing? Doing well. So here's my question. They hope, and it's funny because the mainstream media is giddy about Bolton now, and they think he's going to say that there was a quid pro quo and Trump actually colluded with Ukraine. We have the transcripts. So what exactly do they think Bolton is going to get out of this and they're going to get from him that uh, we don't already know? Well, I think that they're looking for Bolton to go against the record. He's already on the record. 
um, saying that the phone call was fine. Yeah. It was a warm uh, greeting. Warm, warm, cordial call. He says they talked about free market economy, and then he said free of corruption. So I don't know how you correspond that with uh, what they hope he's going to say. Well, I think that this is an 11th hour. This is a Hail Mary, right? You know, they have nothing. They've tried over and over and over again for three years. Uh, Bolton's trying to sell a book. Um, you know, it's hard to sell books these days. Uh, sure. But uh, I think that they're hoping he's going to go against what he's already said, what the transcript says, what the witnesses have said. Um, it's just their last straw. It really is. And I think it's about revenge because you look at the Democrats, what they have said about impeachment. We have Jerry Nadler. We have Zoe Lofgren. We have Ed Markey. We have Ben Menendez and Chuck Schumer, all who have said impeachment is being used. This was back in with the Clinton era is being used as a political tool. Now, all of a sudden, they're using that exact same political tool against Trump. So it's not really about justice. It's not really about actually getting the right thing done. It's really just about revenge. The hypocrisy is astounding. On the Democrat side, Jerry Nadler back in 98 saying that a purely partisan impeachment would be illegitimate. And now here he is in 2020 peddling a purely partisan illegitimate impeachment. Leading it. Almost. Leading it. Yeah. Um, and what we're seeing here, though, that this impeachment is a massive failure for the Democrats. But I don't think that's anything new. They say they're against walls, but we see it's just another brick of their failure wall. They failed on the economy. They failed on health care. They failed on immigration. They failed on foreign policy. And now they're failing on impeachment. And that's all that they have. Right. They can't they don't have anything to run on in 2020 because of President Trump's record of success. And I think that when you look at that up against what the Democrats are offering, the only way to tear them down is to get them off of the ballot. And it's destined to fail. It's not gonna, it, they're not going to get it uh, him convicted in the Senate. So what exactly are they hoping to accomplish with this? They're trying to pull out as much dirt on the president as they can headed into 2020. This is completely in, entirely about the 2020 election. You think it's going to work? No, I don't. I think the American people are seeing through it. You're watching the president's approval ratings go to all-time highs during the middle of an impeachment. Um, that's the the other way than the Democrats thought it would go. And the Republican strategy seems to be really not to do anything. We're actually just going to play the Democrats' words and let them speak for themselves. You know, letting letting Adam Schiff talk up there on the diocese in the Senate uh, is the best Republican strategy we can have. When the American he people hear Adam Schiff speak about impeachment, I think they can see right through it. Absolutely. And then you had, you know, Don Lemon the other day and the, and the GOP put together an excellent promo where they just played uh, Hillary Clinton calling them deplorables, Don Lemon on his show and that Rick Wilson guy just mocking Americans. And I, I think they're just going to end up completely ending up in the same situation they did in 2016, which is completely uh, misunderstanding the American electorate, misunderstanding the American people, thinking that they've got this in the bag. And meanwhile, they completely don't. You know, I, I actually tweeted about this when I saw that clip. The election was in 2016. It is 2020. And the mainstream media still does not get it. They do not get it. They don't understand what's happening in our country. They are in a very small bubble in New York City and Washington, D.C. Um, they have no idea. I was really disgusted by that Don Lemon segment. Um, it's just such disrespect for the people of this country that are, make, that, are, that are really driving this country into the wonderful growth we've seen. And it's, it's disappointing but I don't think we can expect anything more from CNN. And it turns people off completely. Luke Mahoney, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much, Sean. All right. Thank you, Luke. Now, what the hell kind of dog should I get? People want me dead. All right. I need a companion to grab them by their throats until I have time to shoot them dead. That's next. All right. Men need dogs. It's that simple. Dogs are our best friends. 
You know, growing up, I had four dogs, several horses as well. And so now it's time to get one for myself. But how do you pick? Get a rescue. No. And I'm going to tell you why later. But I'm having a hard time narrowing them down, so I'm going to ask for your help. I'm going to show you some of the dogs I've been looking at, and then you can vote for your favorites on my Instagram or on my Twitter or on my YouTube page here in the comments. So I'm considering them across three categories, all right? Cute, which is important, companionship, and then protection, which is important. So let's start with cute. First up, we've got the English Bulldogs. And here we've got Elvis. Now, this beautiful boy, Elvis, I mean, it's hard not to see what there is to not love about Elvis. I mean, look at that face. And then he's got that cute little fat belly, fat little boy. And so this guy would be a great companion. But, you know, bulldogs, they've got that flat face. So they've got all these kind of travel restrictions. And it might be more of a hassle. And then when he grows up, he could be actually a decent protector. I know bulldogs, they look really small. But fun fact, bulldogs are actually pound for pound, one of the strongest dog breeds out there. So that's Elvis. Next, we've got Oscar. Now, Oscar is one of the more handsome English bulldogs out there, but he rates high on cuteness because of the little ruffles, but I hesitate because it's hard to predict how this guy is gonna look when he gets older. Because when he gets older, you know, their teeth start to come out of their bottom. You know, with bulldogs, their, their bottom teeth start to stick up. But you've got the ruffles and that's really high maintenance. But he would be a great companion because you can take a bulldog pretty much anywhere in DC. That's why I'm looking at these small dogs. And that's obviously where I live, much to my chagrin. But bulldogs, they're incredibly loyal. They're protective of their owners. But I do wonder, if Oscar would be able to rip apart an intruder. I'm not sure if little Oscar would be able to do that. All right, next we've got Toby. Now, Toby would not have a hard time ripping apart an intruder. Toby is a Belgian Malinois. This is the type of dog that brought down Baghdadi, that killed Bin Laden. So this guy would provide great protection, which is obviously important to me with all the death threats that I get. And I mean, these dogs are so smart. These dogs, you say plots to them and they lie down. You say set, they sit. You say speak, they bark. I mean, if I had a video, I'd show you. And he also looks so regal. Look at him with his chin up. This is a beautiful looking dog. Toby would be a great companion because this is a smart breed. I would be able to teach him all kinds of tricks. And so it's fun to have a dog as educated as, as me. All right, next dog up, Ace. Ace is a great name for a dog. Ace is also a Belgian Malinois and his coloration makes him slightly more photogenic than the last one you saw, Toby. Now this dog, I mean, this dog was born to be an Instagram star and we all know that's what I want my dog to be. You know those people, can't really stand them, who make their dogs Instagram accounts. And like Toby, uh, this guy Ace would definitely be able to kill anyone or anything that tried anything against me, which is exactly what you want in a dog. So high energy, smart, makes for a good companion, but I live in an apartment, so um, he'd probably be a little too big for my apartment because those grow up to be monsters. And uh, I'd probably have to get a dog walker so he doesn't tear things up in my apartment out of boredom. So these are, these are the absurd things you have to worry about when you live in DC as a bachelor. But that's why I need a dog because dogs are great chick magnets. You take them anywhere and it's like magic. So that's not gonna be a problem. All right, next is Sanders, the French Bulldog. French Bulldogs are really cute, but they're kind of getting to be a little cliche, a little commonplace, you know what I mean? But this guy, I mean, he is really cute. This guy, I mean, look at this guy. He's really, he's a little toy. 
but under no circumstances will I allow myself to have a dog named Sanders, a communist dog under my roof. So this guy's going to have to be renamed. You know, that's why that's why Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez has one of these dogs, because they are a favorite among commies. So he is cute. This is AOC's dog. It's not the puppy's fault that he has a monster as an owner, but I have nothing in common with that socialist country ruiner, so I don't even want to start. I'm thinking if I did, though, I'd maybe name him Stitch, right, because of the ears and because he's blue. I mean, look at him. That's Stitch. Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. He's blue. Would be a great companion. So I'm not completely ruling that one out. This is Sailor. This is the other French bulldog I'm considering. Considering. Love the white patch on Sailor's chest. Problem is, Sailor, I don't know why they spelled it with a Y. Like, that's some, like, basic word. That's so, just basic. But Stitch could be a really good name for this one as well. So maybe I'd rename this one. All right, and now back to the rescue issue. I'm considering breeds and not rescues because I know there are a lot of people who are going to be like, well, you got to get a rescue. There's so many dogs out there who need good homes. No, I grew up with two rescues, and I also grew up with two purebred dogs. The rescues were so much work. They were so much work. In fact, one of our rescues, I mean, one of them would run around the pool every time we tried to swim and bark his head off, and we could never get that out of him. But that dog, my sister went down to kiss him, and he ripped her bottom eyelid off because he was a monster. He was a rescue. We found him on the highway, though at least they did. Ripped his bottom eyelid off. She had to get plastic surgery. Otherwise, she, her face would be deformed for the rest of her life. And then the other rescue dog we got, uh, the shelter forgot to tell us that it had distemper, so it died within a week. We got it. It was beautiful, really cute. Oh, it has this little disease called distemper, and within a week, it was dead. So no, no rescues. No rescues. And then last but not least, let's go to Duke, a Boston Terrier. I love the brindle. That's what you call the kind of brown ends coat. I love it. Now, Duke, like most of the dogs, would be a good DC companion because of his size. But he reminds me of my family dog, Otis. Otis, who's actually still alive in a great part of the family. That's, that's me at 18 years old. But believe it or not, this Otis is still kicking. Very rambunctious, by the way. So Duke might not be able to kill an intruder, but at least he could be a good early warning system. And then, you know, he barks and then I come with my gun and bra -da -da -da, kill the person. So those are all the puppies I'm considering. Please vote in the polls. I'll do one on Twitter, do one on Instagram, and then YouTube in the comments to help me pick the winner. Also sound off in the comments and help me decide which lucky puppy gets to be my new best friend. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the White House Brief Podcast. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it. And if you feel like doing it, please leave a review. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.